Welcome to the Life Creation Podcast. I'm your host, Andrina Tisi. Together, we will explore thoughts, inspirations, and conversations that feed our soul, spark the mind, and nourish the body. Thank you so much for being here to learn and grow and for walking this journey called life with me. Dears, we are back with another episode. And yes, you are right. My voice is a little off, but I do sound better than I sounded yesterday and tomorrow will be even better. So I don't want to prolong this episode release even further. I wanted to release it last week, but it was not possible because of my health, but it's possible now. So today I have a topic for you I've been wanting to bring onto the show for a while and I'm super excited. I found Laura to come chat with me and introduce the internal family system to us. Also IFS, so internal family system. You may have heard of it as it has gained in popularity over the last few years or so. And IFS comes from the idea that the human mind is made up of different quote-unquote parts, each with their own unique characteristics, beliefs and emotions. And Laura is a IFS coach and supports people to design their unique path that allows for a sustained sense of intentionality, love that word, (laughs) well-being and flourishing. And Laura likes to dance with questions and we learn in the conversation what question she is dancing with at the moment. She loves to allow curiosity to guide her exploration and in line with the IFS philosophy, she believes that we all contain multitudes. Currently, she plays at the intersection of somatic technology and spirituality. At Google, she manages a leadership development program focused on self-organized and cooperative learning. Personally, she advocates for gender equality in business at the Australian Women Chamber of Commerce, was a TEDx speaker and a writer. And she will take us in to the whole bits of internal family system. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get inspired. I hope um, it may give you a little bit of self-understanding and yeah let's go thanks for being here well thank you laura for being here and we were just talking about how we're enjoying spring so we can continue because now we're on air (laughs) (laughs) Another beautiful day in the sun and the 
blossoming of everything everywhere here in Zurich. Really beautiful. It is beautiful. And it's so... Um, I mean, obviously, you know, there is the equinox and the beginning of spring. And then I was like, well, it's so interesting that it really is happening. I'm like, well, obviously it's happening. <laughs> right? Nature is um, unfolding. And I think it's such a nice... Um, yeah, I love spring. I really do love spring. Yeah, me too. Mm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking your time and I'm very very excited about our topic today personally very interested and curious to learn more and um, very excited to share with the audience mm, thank you for having me I also love the topic so, so that's good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we dive into it um I'm always really curious how people start their day. And, you know, we all have, I think, our routines. Sometimes we do more, sometimes we do less in the morning. So I'm just curious how you started today in the morning. Well, today with the sun, it was a beautiful start, I have to say. And I did like um, a practice that I don't do daily, but sometimes I do and I really notice the difference, which is journaling on my gratitude journal. So specifically today I did it outside. There's like this beautiful park quite close to where I live, like a three-minute walk. And I took my coffee that I made at home and this book and my pen, like my favorite pen, and I just journaled under the sun, not so strong because it was in the morning, but it was still really light and you know, with the trees and that's how I started today. That is a beautiful start. Thanks for sharing. And besides that practice you did this morning and also the spring, is there anything at the moment currently that is lighting you up? Mm. Yeah, I think it's a bit aligned. Um, I started this practice um, inspired by a book that I was reading and, and by some um, practices that a friend of mine told me, which is relating to trees or connecting to like a specific tree and really taking time to develop a relationship to it and, and go there daily and sometimes I meditate there, sometimes I just um, connect to it in a different way and it's really interesting to see how how this tree is like particularly standing out from others and I don't know, I'm just very, very excited about how we can um, deepen our relationship to other beings that are not only humans, right? I think it's a beautiful practice and I'm excited about the potential of that. That is a beautiful practice. Do you have the book on top of your mind? If not, it's okay. Then maybe you can send it to me later on. No, yes, it is um, World as Lover, World as Self by Joanna Macy, who is this amazing, oh. you yes. know her? Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> Buddhist scholar and systems thinking person and just uh, yeah, created a lot of work around deep ecology and... and I just think everything she proposes is so powerful and this particular practice is like so simple and yet so yeah transformational. I have the book on my it's actually in my island home. I don't have it here, but the book about hope mm -hmm. from her and um I've not read it yet, but it's on my nightstand on the island. <laughs> Maybe it's calling, you know. Maybe it is, yeah. Coincidence or not, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, again, super excited about the topic of internal family system. And 
you know, some people may know already a little bit something about it. Some people may know absolutely nothing about it. Maybe they've, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit more out there than I think it's um, than already like last year or so. How would you describe it to somebody in very simple terms who has never heard anything about it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's interesting to know a bit about how the system was created because I think it also explains the basic principles and, and the name itself um, reveals a bit, right? So yes. Richard Schwartz created, uh, well, he was originally like a very renowned family therapist, um, which, well, I don't know how much, yeah. Um, family therapies work with systems of people, so with families, like um, external families. And he had some success with this practice, like was trying to prove like the validity of it. And then he realized that um, the systems, so external systems also existed inside of one specific person. So um, that we ourselves as individuals have systems inside of us. Um, and this doesn't have to be like parent figures or uh, traditional systems. They have other um, nomenclatures that I can I can explain afterwards. Yes. But it's the basic idea is that we all hold different parts within ourselves, so that we all have systems and our multitudes, and and those are the parts. And that's the fundament. Cool. Thank you. And we'll go into the parts. So I do want to back up. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the internal and the external. And I think, um, is it? Um, because I, I know I'm also familiar with constellation work, family constellation work, right? So can somebody kind of say like, okay, that's kind of my external system, right? Whether it's like what you said, you know, in terms of the family system. And now um, we kind of with internal family system, we look at what's actually happening within myself and the different quote unquote family parts or yeah. You mentioned it's not necessarily parents or, yeah. Um, yeah, so we don't necessarily work with constellations yes. um, as in externalizing them. Yes. But yes, we can see we can see the model as a, yeah, as a system. Simply, I mean, to put it in simple terms, also if we were talking to like a child or someone, it's yes. like a team or an orchestra. Okay, right? cool. So yeah. let's imagine, yeah, let's imagine, I don't know, we're uh, planning for, uh, a concert and then of course we have like all these different instruments that are playing we have uh, I don't know the strings the brass the woodwind the I don't know percussion maybe a choir and everyone has different roles yes. and if everyone works together harmoniously and you know shares the rhythm and is connected then we have them in an amazing performance and sometimes because we are humans <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen like people get impatient or we miss a beat or uh, we actually wish we were in the choir but we are on the flute and uh, there are tensions then that happen and the idea of IFS is that internal family systems yes. talk about IFS mm -hmm. um, is that we have those like orchestras within ourselves and sometimes it's harmonious and every part cooperates and sometimes it's not and then we can bring curiosity to see how we can harmonize and understand better what these parts want and need. I love that. It's such a good image, right? And I think that also makes it then um, playful in a way. And what you mentioned in terms of curiosity, I think that's such a big um, and important aspect if we go into therapy or um, 
yeah, just even personal growth, right? Not make it so heavy and like, oh, it's work. And duh, duh. <laughs> if we go in with, mm -hmm. I mean, in somatic experiencing, you know, curiosity is such a big part of it because they we come from the point where if there is curiosity, there is less fear or even almost no fear, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I really love that. So let's go yeah. into the parts, <laughs> the different <laughs> the different players in a way. So if you can, um, maybe, I don't know if there is um, a set of um, players or parts and yeah, just take us on a little journey in there. Amazing. Yeah, so I love what you, that you zoomed into curiosity because indeed that's one of the main elements of, of one of the parts that is the self. So I would say there are four basic categories of parts in the framework even though then we all have our individual you know, ways of expressing those parts. But yes. in big, in large, there are like four categories and they are the self, um, then we have the exiles, and then we have two types of protectors, which are managers and firefighters. Mm -hmm. And maybe to start with, with the self, yes. um, this is exactly where curiosity is key. The self is um, our quality, sets of qualities that we all have. So we don't have to learn them, we don't have to acquire them, we all are basically born with them. And they are um, like eight C's, and it's curiosity, it's compassion, clarity, creativity, calm, confidence, courage, and connectedness. So, you know, all these beautiful qualities that are there. And, and this is who we are, according to the motto. We are all of these things. And then there are parts in our systems. So we can start maybe with the exiles, which are the youngest parts in our system. Mm -hmm. These are parts that um, yeah, might have been hurt in the past or, you know, uh, yeah, are vulnerable in, in a way. So this can be uh, parts that carry a bit of shame or like uh, vulnerabilities, um, I don't know, pain, loneliness, you know, it just, sensitive, vulnerable young parts. And then there are these two types of protectors that try to protect this exiles, right? The younger parts. Okay. And they do mm -hmm. it. Is it, does it make sense? Yes, absolutely. It's great. Yeah, no, yeah. makes okay. sense. <laughs> so I'll continue with the protectors who try to protect the, the younger parts. And they do it however they can, like to the best of their ability. And managers usually um, do it with, by controlling. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they sound like authority figures in our life, like I know parents or teachers or, you know, these voices that were important to us when we were young. And they can be, I don't know, the inner critic, for example, is a well-known manager. There are also others like pleasers or, or planners or just, um, yeah, parts that try to control the situation and the outcome, right? Okay. And then we have the firefighters, which have a similar goal, but they do it differently. So they try to protect us by destructing or numbing or uh, running away, right? And this might be procrastination or, um, I don't know, overeating or exercising, dissociating, leaving, behaviors like that, um, that are different from controlling, but try to, again, protect us from the system. And those, I would say, are the four key parts the model excellent i have a million questions <laughs> <laughs> okay so um the 
exile. Is that similar, you know, in other, I guess, language, would it be almost like the inner child? Yes, yeah. it could be. Yeah, another model of sense, that's language. Yeah. language. The only thing is that we might have m- multiple inner children, and actually yes. it's quite frequent. Yes. yes, I mean, I'm... Uh, on and off reading this book um, and in there they also talk about the, the um, uh, different parts of the inner child or different kinds of inner children where one is like you know the the wounded and the, the hurt child and the other one is more the rebel where it goes like into mm-hmm. like you know like <laughs> right um, um, so that's um similar which is super interesting and then so the um protector then control the exiles and how would we i mean you may you had uh, some some examples which are great but i could imagine sometimes it's not even so easy to know well is this now the firefighter or is this the manager and which part is it actually protecting or what is it trying to protect so how would it um how um, i guess if you work with a client how do, how are you figuring out what is at play right now i guess that's my question mm-hmm. so i would say actually sometimes it's not so important to okay. exactly figure out who is doing what and and um, like what is specifically it's protecting for the client especially like that is my role maybe as a therapist do you know yes all okay. the part uh, mm-hmm. on track and mm-hmm. to actually make sure that well many parts come up I want just to give a sense of how a usual session goes mm-hmm. it's not like we have one than another sometimes there are you know 10 parts that want our attention and that's okay. like we have many okay. many parts yeah and so Mm, I think it's more useful to, for the client, for the person experiencing IFS to really can, to focus on one part or like the relationship between maybe two parts or maximum three okay. parts yeah. um, and really give space to that um, and to gain understanding of also like the somatic experience of that instead of really like cognitively <laughs> discerning why and when and, and how this emerged right yeah. so I think this is a difference to other models um, sometimes clients don't even like I don't need to know the personal story of a client in order to guide them through the through the process and and I think that's powerful it is powerful and I like that because that's with um, even even with EFT tapping or also somatic experiencing we just go with what is right now right and then Mm -hmm. from there we go into that exploration so it sounds pretty similar yeah and then also just to add something that i didn't mention before Mm -hmm. we ask the parts right that's a key part of the work like the client asks the parts like who they are what they do what their wishes are what the fears are uh yeah, what they want to do if they don't do what they do, what they're afraid of, you know. So um, this is how we find out what the parts are, just by asking them directly. So a lot of self-inquiry. Totally, yeah. And then that's where the curiosity comes in again. And I think then, um, yeah, if I just ask the questions, then it's self-inquiry and self-knowledge. 
Um, yeah, that's super, super, super interesting. And um, what have you experienced? Like, for example, I could imagine that, you know, you working with like two parts you mentioned before, right? And you just explore that. Um, I could imagine, and I would be curious what you think, that then other things that maybe were not even part of the conversation or the exploration change as well because everything is influenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you repeat? I'm not sure I'm fully, fully understanding. You know, if you, if you really explore like two parts with, with somebody um, <laughs> and, you know, you said we have the many, many, many different parts and, mm-hmm. um, but you're really exploring two parts with somebody. And mm-hmm. then by exploring that, other things with the other parts that you're not even exploring in that situation are shifting as well or healing or um, transforming. Yes, yes, I indeed. I mean, the system is always listening, right? And even though in theory or the vision might be to work with two parts, the reality is that very frequently other parts will jump in um, that are I don't know, activated by what's happening between these two parts. And and so a key part of, of the work also as a therapist or as a guide is to um, ask these parts to give us a bit of space, that's the language we use, so that we can really be with, you know, the parts that are working. But of course, um, yeah, I mean, the, the theory is that we are a system and, and every change we make, right? And one part and two parts will affect and, and impact the entire system and sometimes yeah behaviors or feelings are so interconnected that we are surprised that we work on something that we think has nothing to do with another thing and then suddenly yes yeah Yeah, it's like a ripple effect yeah Yeah. it's beautiful Mm -hmm. um is there um like certain topics or situations that um ifs works better written something else and if if so can you give some examples on how that would look yeah i mean i would say ifs i mean there's evidence proving that you know it works with many of the traditional therapeutic um i don't know mental health um issues that people mm-hmm. might have so like anxiety depression mm-hmm. uh, etc so but also things like I don't know, self-doubt, relationship problems, I don't know, fear, shame, procrastination, perfectionism, like all these mm-hmm. topics that I think many of us experience to one extent or another, IFS really works uh, for that. And I don't know, like specific examples that I can give is maybe with procrastination, it's um, interesting to notice that sometimes there are parts that are really like ambitious and driven and want us to get to, I don't know, reach a specific goal by a specific time. And then there are other parts that are I don't know, overwhelmed or just exhausted and and then lead us to you know not do the things that we wanted to do and that can frequently uh lead to confusion because it's like wait i really thought i wanted to do it why am i not doing it and then we add additional pressure and with this framework for example with ifs we can really get a better understanding of okay i am a system there are many different parts within me. And even though I sometimes think I'm only this, I am also all the other things. And how can I do what I want to do in a way that respects and hears, you know, 
the entire ecosystem. It would be something that I think Love people it. can relate to. Love it. Um, so in German, we have this sowohl als auch, right? It's not, it's both <laughs> and, it's not one or the other, yeah. right? Um, I love the example of procrastination and I would love to dive deeper into a little bit um, right on that example. So let's say somebody um, comes with a topic of like, well, you know, I'm not writing this book, <laughs> but I really want to write this book, but I, and I'm really ambitious and I have it laid out, but somehow I'm always like finding other things to do than sitting down and writing. Um, how could they like start to explore? And this is of course just an example, but I think many people could replace the quote unquote book topic with some, but something else, right? Maybe it's even mm -hmm. working out, it's going out in the, into the fresh air work pro work pro um some kind of work project or whatever it is right um so even if so in self-exploration and of course you know working with somebody i think it's of course uh, very helpful but if somebody just wants to explore a little bit how would how could they do that if they have had some i would recommend everyone to start like with a guided mm -hmm. session so that you can get a sense of what it might feel like okay but mm -hmm. if you've had that um probably i mean my way of starting is tuning in with the body because frequently these parts also have a somatic way of expressing themselves so yep. in this moment you check in with yourself and you notice and this is an example but that you have some pressure on your chest when you notice that you haven't started this book um, and then you bring curiosity to that and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I noticed this pressure in my chest. Like, is there, is this a part maybe? Okay. What, what is it saying? Does it have a voice? Is it saying something? And then we can imagine it says something. It says like, um, you're not doing it again and you bring curiosity. And then I don't know, this parts really start to speak. Uh, to us to us and start developing a relationship to them and there's so much wisdom sometimes we really are surprised by what the parts are saying to us because yes. we, we might really not be aware right or we haven't given space to really listen to to what the desire the fear um yeah the underlying motive is for this part to be there and then frequently when we start focusing on the part it's what i was explaining before like the entire system gets activated and then it's a uh part party really so many parts come up and then we can um well try to not overwhelm the system because mm -hmm. sometimes like yeah so many parts come up that it's hard to even listen to you know uh making sense of what's happening but um yeah then moving slowly and understanding the relationships between the different parts and and making sure that we just give space to to these parts and understand just with curiosity and compassion, like what they're wanting to do. And very frequently this highlights, um, yeah, a shift that we could implement in our life towards this goal that would make the achieving of the goal more sustainable or just more aligned to what the entire ecosystem wants. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, and it brings me back to that image of the orchestra. Right, like what does mm -hmm. the flute player need? <laughs> but then also exactly. taking very serious what that part of the orchestra or that instrument of the orchestra um, needs. Because I think a lot of times we then come into 
it of like we don't want it we want it we want it away and we want it like not to like be procrastinators we want to be go-getters and but if we take it seriously I think then that part probably can also then relax exactly exactly yeah when we listen to it right it can it can definitely start relaxing uh, because it doesn't have to get our attention in desperate ways anymore because it feels like it can be hurt Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also had to think of um, and maybe it's because of the procrastination example of the um, upper limit um, mm-hmm. phenomenon, right? Like we, I don't know, everything is great and then suddenly we get sick or, or whatever it is, right? So I think that could also be very interesting in terms of, well, which which part or what is maybe trying to protect me or what is holding, which part is holding me back or and explore there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And holding me back, I mean, this language sometimes carries a bit of judgment, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this part should not hold me back. Mm-hmm. But frequently it's like, oh, there is a reason, a very valid reason of why this part is doing what it's doing, even though right now I cannot understand it and it feels like it's trying to sabotage me. But like, really, there is a good reason of why this part is, is doing this way. And, and if we can understand that, then I think many things start to shift. Yeah, it brings softness into the whole aspect of it. Exactly. Yeah, and I did read about, um, and I I loved it, so I do want to read it. Um, The grounding assumption is that there are no bad parts, only parts forced into bad roles. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's basically, yeah, I mean, this is the fundamental idea or one of the ideas, right, that parts just want... Um, to help us in the best way they know. And sometimes these ways are, well, no longer needed or we or parts of us might think they are, you know, harmful or not good for us. But the reality is the intention is is good. They just want to help us in whatever way they can. And we can understand more if we if we dedicate time to to listen to this part and really get like why it's behaving the way it is. And maybe it is because it's like, still frozen in, you know, a past in which that behavior was needed, which is no longer needed in the now. Um, Or maybe it is afraid of what would happen if it stops doing this thing, right? But it it doesn't, mm, yeah, it's not anchored in the the now and updating the reality of this part is a a key part of the model too. So we can all, I mean, the system can be harmonized. Mm -hmm. And then by just quote unquote exploring and asking these questions um, and really hearing the different parts that's pretty much where the healing and the understanding then happens yes part of it and then um, there's also the process that I mean the language is unburdening yes um, yes in the model and, and the idea is that indeed there are no bad parts, but sometimes they carry burdens. Mm. So this is like, yeah, shame or fear or, yeah, beliefs that, you know, come from a, situ- a real situation in the past or sometimes a, a yeah, reaction to, to something that has happened. Um, and we can, these parts can release them. And that's the process of unburdening. And it really looks like, 
well, doing what, what I mentioned before, so focusing on the part, understanding this part by um, asking questions. So like, what, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Um, what is your fear? What are you carrying also? Like, are you carrying a burden? And, and frequently, mm. like, you know, the parts itself, like they, they know what's, what is there and they might tell us like a specific situation that happened or um, they might tell us more about the burden sometimes. It doesn't have to happen, but um, they usually know what they need. And, and if they are ready, this part sometimes are willing to release this burden. But it's important for me to say that it's not, this is not like the goal <laughs> of the model, right? Like we, it's not a, yeah, it's important that this is an exploration and it's not like, oh, a successful session is one in which there's an unburdening that doesn't have to right. be. Okay. But sometimes um, there are unburdenings and then this part's let go of, of this role and let go of this burden. This can be very creative, like done quite creatively. It can be, uh, we vis visualize the part, like letting go of a burden or we put them on the beach or, or you know in a forest where they just dance or play like it can be a visualization of something or just a sensation in the body that something is shifting or you know some words that happen it's it's very individual how the unburdening actually looks like but the parts can let go of of burdens and of roles and and that's also a key part of the healing okay i'm always absolutely fascinated how in and i'm mentioning it because i could imagine it's similar how just providing the space and of course the safe space and and what you mentioned before um hearing and listening and giving it space how something can shift and you know i see that in somatic experiencing you know me being on the on the for example client side right like I feel like, well, we didn't do anything, but I feel so much better. <laughs> and of course we did something because, you know, the the space and the safety and the, the tuning in and the noticing was able to um, be, be here, right? And there something can shift. So I think um, from the sound of it, it's very similar that it's just like a very soft process and just exploring and just... It's not like, you know, fireworks and da-da-da. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah. letting, letting, I mean, it also has to do with the nervous system, like letting that happen and, and, and then the parts finding their space and, and, and peace in a way, right? Exactly. And I mean, this is a fascination of mine. I'm also training right now in neurosomatic trauma integration. Oh, cool. And, I mean, you're saying... Yeah, I'm loving it. And and what you're saying is that giving space is healing in in itself. And what I understand also now more is that um, well, trauma was a lack of time. Like we yes. didn't have time to process what was happening, exactly. and so it's healing to give time and space and to be able to follow our own rhythm. And mm. and trauma, by the way, trauma is not only like you know really intense shock trauma it can also be and it's very frequently like developmental trauma things to do with our relationships and yeah it can look in many 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 different ways so i feel like it's important to also uh, maybe take away a bit of this heaviness that the term trauma seems to carry um 
but yeah, trauma is actually integrated with not with, with cathartic experiences that are super intense and, and just <laughs> remind us of the actual trauma, but but very frequently with the softness and this pendulation of that activating and going back to what actually happened, but also regulating and bringing it back to the now and, and in a gentle way and with awareness and and remaining present because catharsis feels great and you know it releases a lot of hormones and it can be even um, even addictive in a way right it's like super high energy but and mm, in the long run I think integration is what actually makes a difference and where sustainable change can can happen yeah, yeah I mean I think catharsis can also be a way of, of numbing mm-hmm Right, it can also be a way of like, well, let me go and skydive. I don't know. <laughs> so I get the the rush of I don't have anything against skydiving, you know, if people want to do that. But um, you know, I think it's it's if if it's that that rush of you know of of getting a kick, right? It can be. Um, if somebody has that, that may be something to like look at, like what what is really there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why am I doing it? What's my motivation? It can be many things. It can be amazing, you know. It, yeah, in itself, it doesn't. Uh, there's no judgment at all. But understanding really the underlying motivation is interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah, super, super cool. Um, do you have a personal? And you know, however personal you want to share, up to you. Um, story with IFS. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, first, I think it just brought a lot of uh, like more ease into my system, mm-hmm. as in I'm able to hold paradoxes, which, by the way, is a concept I love, and and I just think they are beautiful and I think we are paradoxical creatures always and I love that this model accounts for that like yes we are multitudes and we are paradoxical and and that's okay and that's beautiful Um, and I think I am able to hold those paradoxes within myself with way more lightness and compassion and just acceptance and and that gives a, a softness and a space again into you know many different situations and uh, I mean a theme for me is definitely this polarization that's how we call it like when two parts want different things um, at the same time <laughs> but they're you know part of the same system I have it a lot with uh, with different things but also with like creativity and uh, you know saying yes to many things starting all these different trainings and projects and teams <laughs> and, and you're laughing so maybe you know this yes <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, sometimes I'm like completely overscheduled, and then there's this part of me that is like, "Hey, we just want to rest, yeah. like, and focus on this one thing, and go deeper into this one thing, and not have a million, million, million things." And um, yeah, I, I notice I'm still, you know, I'm still working with that topic for sure. But there's a instead of being frustrated and 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 going into stories like, "Oh, why, why?" doing this again and never 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 you know all these voices i'm like oh okay this part hmm it seems that maybe now i'm giving too much attention or space to this part that is filling my calendar with 50 million things maybe it's time to listen to this other part how is my system doing so it just gives me a way of dealing with you know the small and the big things in life with more 
ease and compassion and yeah gives me a sense of peace i would say like you said i was laughing because it completely resonate um you know for me at the moment it's like i want to be at the same time here in zurich and on the island on the canary island right i want mm-hmm. and then i'm like like i feel like this like pulling to both directions right um and it also interesting like of course i had to also think of human design and <laughs> numerology and um because they all have like for example for me i have a lot of two so that means also like yeah i have these two parts in a way right more than two but like then again that's why what you also said in terms of like polarity and and and, and just being okay with it doesn't have to be just one thing it can be like two things or even more right and being okay with that um and i think that can then bring a lot of um gonna say inner peace um without making it too but just like being okay with maybe the the different pulls we have within ourselves right exactly mm-hmm. and even finding beauty in it somehow right like it's it's sometimes for me even it goes beyond acceptance and it's like oh wow this is my complex inner landscape how beautiful how beautiful yeah and that's what, what a reframe what an amazing reframing right like coming from like fighting and struggling and like no I don't want this part right now or this, this sensation or whatever it is being like oh yeah that's cool I'm so multi you know so I have so many different facets within me right and yes good right yeah yeah, yeah. in your and I and I love that so I do want to <laughs> ask you this in your um bio you mentioned um that you love dancing with questions Mm-hmm. Is, there yes. a, is there a question for you that you're dancing with right now like in your life or in you know a question that has been coming back right now like frequently is what is alive in the mm-hmm. moment right now I feel like this is such a powerful guide for me at the moment like instead of you know following some plan or idea that I had laid out for me like checking in with what is alive here right now and then I'm noticing that by following that I end up in yeah beautiful adventures that I had not even considered before and the beautiful guidance mm. what a beautiful way to kind of wrap up and I think that's a really beautiful question for everybody to kind of ponder over and go towards the aliveness right and that's then I'm sure it's not it's not a C, but I could imagine the self is also alive. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for this. Thank time. you. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on or that you feel like you wanted to just share before we close? Mm, I mean this model, you know. We could go in so many different directions. Mm. It's so expensive, so I'm sure there's a lot of things that we could have explored, but I'm not quite complete with with our journey today. Okay, we can always do a second part two. (laughs) Okay, my dear, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and enjoy the spring day. Me too. So, I'm curious, did you get a sense of your self (laughs) 
Did you get a sense of maybe your exile and your protectors? And could you even sense maybe where there is a manager and where there is a firefighter? <laughs> I really liked kind of the going into dialogue with the different parts and to get wisdom and understanding and answers from within ourselves, right? Because I do believe, um, and many of you know that already through my work, is that, you know, the answers are within us. And by sometimes going into almost like a dialogue with, you know, in this topic parts, we can um, find insights and learn more um, about ourselves. And like I said in the intro, that self-discovery. So we link um, all the things in the show notes as usual. So if you're curious, go and check it out. And um, if you have questions for Laura or for myself, of course, reach out. And um, yeah, if you've not already, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and to hit those four stars or actually five stars. Sorry. <laughs> um, it really helps. The podcast, it helps my guests and of course myself and to bring the message of life creation, personal growth and inquiry and life as it is out into the world. Thanks for being here.